Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Animal Mac Young talking to you about Heroes 101 Radio. Give them a listen. Radio, your one-stop shop for a bit of positivity and optimism on a Tuesday night. How are you doing? This is Spectre from the New York Initiative, and I am joined as ever by my lovely co-host from the West Coast. It's Rock and Roll from San Francisco. Good evening, my dear. Hello, my dear. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm surprised you have a voice after a, after last night, what you did last night, you, you rock star. <laughs> going out and partying in the middle of the week and, and going to concerts and such. I'm so jealous. Uh, I was I was just being entertained. That was uh, that was easy. <laughs> I can I can handle being stood there in a sweaty crowd of hairy people uh, shouting along to fans. That's, uh, that's feeling sweaty, feeling hairy, right. <laughs> and, uh, of course, as always, we are joined by the friendly neighborhood night bug on the soundboards. Good evening, sir. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Every wow. time I hear that, I want to. I want to watch the movie. I want to see. Do you know what that's from, Specter? You know, I'm not sure. It rings a serious bell, but I can't put a finger on it. Should we uh, should we let our, our listeners? We haven't done this in a long time, where we play an audio click and and people have right. to uh, have to name where it's from. Should we? Uh, go, yeah, let's do that. So, if you if you're listening to the show right now, um, mm-hmm. if if uh, you know if you're listening to it on the archive, maybe someone's got it later on, and maybe you lose out. But that's 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 your fault for being too late. But if you're listening to us live <laughs> right now, um, you can either you can either give the answer in the chat room and then first come first served, or you can even call in and talk to us on the air as well. Which you can call in on three four seven three two six nine eight two seven. That's area code three four seven three two six nine eight two seven. And if you uh, if you want to call in or tell us in the chat room, not you, Geekpile. Just uh, <laughs> just let us know what you think of this sound clip. If you could play it again, please, Mister Nightbug. Oh. Uh... Okay. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Oh, you know, I remember what it is now, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut up. <laughs> I think uh, both Geek Pile and I are exempt from this. Exactly. Yeah, if you call in, or if you, if you are in the chat room and you tell us uh, what it is. Um, what do we do for you? Let's see. We'll give you. Uh, what would oh, we I do being... for you? I know exactly what wouldn't we do for you? Uh, we we could give them one minute of uninterrupted airtime to say and do whatever they want. That's not you know forbidden by the FCC. So. 
or by so, by our common sense. So one minute that's a long time. So that can be a long time depending on who that can be a long answer. That, right, depending on who you get out there. Oh, oh my God. That's what she maybe, said. Maybe we will. We'll see. Oh, wow. Wow. It's that kind of night already. There we go. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, how, how are things going with you guys in, in San Francisco? I guess it's been an eventful time over there, right? Oh, my goodness. It's been, uh, yeah, absolutely an eventful time. It's um <clears throat> It, we we've had we were just talking about what a busy weekend it was, and then you know the upcoming weekends are all booked, so everything's booked. So yeah, if you get any downtime like today, I I got to go and commune with nature, and I know that sounds like I hugged a tree. Don't put it down; it it actually makes you feel good if you do hug a tree. I didn't hug any trees; I should have. I was right there. Um, but I get to go hang out in one of our regional parks, and I get to see waterfalls and and some lakes and and tons of trees. So um, it's nice to get out and away from all this busyness because we've got it behind us and in front of us now. So um, it's been really. But I take that as a good thing, you know. And you don't have to be busy as a sign of of doing well. But in our case, busy is good because it's all good stuff. Yeah, really. <laughs> so it's just a long way of saying we're doing really well. Knock on wood. <laughs> you know, we we did pretty much the same over here in in New York. So it, we had like, you know, we've had weird weather where it's been seventy degrees one day and then twelve degrees the next day, and suddenly you know a foot and a half of snow dropped on us. And um, the the last radio show we were in the middle of a snowstorm right then, and, and literally uh, yeah, like eighteen inches of snow fell overnight, and we were buried. And, uh, but uh, today was, you know, one of the first spring-like days. The snow's all starting to melt. I was on the road driving around northern New Jersey, around Bear Mountain, and it's uh, like you say, it's beautiful out there. It's uh, nice to see things growing again and uh, getting away from the city and uh, seeing a few uh, few pieces of greenery was was good for my soul as well. Uh, see, <clears throat> that's wonderful. And you guys, you really do have that odd weather. Because I check my app always, because I have family in New York besides you, and I'm always checking to see. And I'm going, oh, it's okay, so it's 30 today. Okay, so it's 70-something now. You can cycle weather over there. you got to be just prepared all the time. Yeah, yeah, really. And it, Yeah, but uh, I don't know. The summers are good. <laughs> the summers are good in the Northeast. Um, so... Tonight's show. So, so the last show that we had, we were uh, we were talking about a bunch of stuff, real life superhero related stuff, and um, we were talking about the type of people that you meet in the real life superhero community. And we we were joking about a few of the uh, more amusing stereotypes that we bump into more often than we'd like sometimes. Um, but we wrapped up by talking about the best sort of people. And, and you know, we were talking earlier about the fact that for a lot of people, self preservation kicks in way earlier than than you know, giving uh, too many cares about their fellow man, and uh, that you know a lot of the time people people are more interested in looking out for number one. But uh, one of the points we were making at the end of the show was when you get involved in this kind of outreach work, you typically bump into the other kind of people who are much more interested in helping others than than in helping themselves, and and those people are typically pretty cool to uh, to hang around with. Um, 
so that that's kind of the theme of this show, which which led to a big event uh, that's been happening in an, for a number of years in San Francisco. That's now led to other big events all around the world that happened this weekend. So, uh, have I uh, have I have I lined that up nicely enough for you? Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> that was wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, you absolutely have. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I guess but, maybe we uh, should start by talking about who we are, shall we? I guess if, in case people are listening, thinking, what the crap is that guy talking about? I know. I decided to check on this Heroes 101 radio, and I thought I'd hear Batman and Robin talking to each other. You know? It kind of <laughs> is. Imagine if they really did, or they thought <laughs> oh, they'd so hear I some... I would be Robin, right? There's no way I'd be Batman in that equation. No, you'd be Thor, um, or you'd be part of the Star Wars universe. We've already established that. Let's just, you know, let's just get that out there right now. I don't know who in the hell I'd be, but it, it'd be a big mixture of good guy and bad guy. So, um, What's that um, way? You're gonna get us all killed. <laughs> I'd be her. I love her. She is awesome. Um, and if you don't know who she is, just turn your radio off right now or you no, know, stay on board so we can educate you. Um, but who we are uh, we are Heroes 101 Radio. We are a a result of um, many ideas floating around in the minds of a group called The Initiative. Uh, the Initiative is a grassroots group of people who have banded together across um, states and now countries to serve the community in any way that we can. And um, in short, we're a bunch of uh, good guys who are just trying to, to help our world by um, good deeds. Uh, what, what, what is our motto sometimes? We're trying to save the world one good deed at a time. And uh, that translates to, to us going out and, and doing cleanups around our neighborhood, uh, teaching free self-defense classes, um, doing safety street patrols, and um, the not the least of which is this uh, – outreach patrol that we do once a year uh and i say patrol because we're always patrolling no matter what we do we've we've always got our eyes and ears open to what's going on around us um but uh, once a year we take part in um a big event called hope and the initiative decided this year that they were going to put on their own uh hope event actually you know what i'm getting ahead of myself uh, I'll let you talk about Project Hope um, since I just introduced the initiative. And, and with the introduction, there's always the recruiting. So if you want to do something good for your community, if you're tired of of all the anger and frustration um, out there in the atmosphere and you want to do something, contact us because we're in eight states and in the U.K. and and we have ways to put your your frustrated, angry, fearful energy to good use. And and we um, surround you with support and encouragement to to uh, continue bringing positive things into your world. That's what the initiative does. And Project Hope is a one of the things that we got together and did very in a very special way this year. So with that, I'll turn it back over to my co-host. Wow, that was that was cool. Um, so you know what, as well, if, <laughs> this if is you, me rambling. <laughs> if you're listening to this, thinking hey, this is kind of interesting, um, check out there, there's a, a web video documentary series. Is that too many words? Web series, 
Um, uh-huh. <laughs> some combination of those words I just said are a thing called Taking Initiative Nation of Heroes, where Rock and Berg and the team um, traveled all across America. Um, I guess how many years ago was that now? Three years ago that you did that? Three years ago. Yeah, wow. three years ago. Almost four. Jeez. And uh, yeah, we'll put a link up for you guys. But you're right. If you just if you go into YouTube and just type in, um, well, you could type in Initiative Collective, and all our videos are up. We have instructional videos like uh, free self defense and how to stay safe on the street, how to pick up used needles safely. Um, but in there, you'll see taking initiative, Nation of Heroes, like Spectre said, and. Um, and oh, I'll let you go ahead and finish describing it. <laughs> <laughs> so the first uh, the first episode is all about Project Hope, and you can you can literally see what's involved, what kind of characters you may you may bump into, um, and and obviously this is the big Project Hope. This is the one at San Diego Comic Con um, that's that's been happening for a number of years now. Um, originally set up by uh, Jack Brunotti, uh, who who goes by the name Razorhawk. Um, as a way of, of getting together people in, in this real-life superhero community, call it what you will, um, to, to basically go and help the homeless community. And and it, it sort of dovetails in with uh, San Diego Comic-Con because there, there's a lot of people around, there's a lot of visibility on the area, and let's face it, a lot of crazy people in costumes, which is uh, which is a fun thing in our book. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, so, yeah, you can watch the, the Nation of Heroes documentary, um, which, which really chronicles a day in the life of Project Hope and, and the, the kind of supplies that are gathered. And we're going to talk about a lot of that today, you know, what, what we specifically do, how, um, how we gather our supplies, the kind of things that homeless people in, in our regions need, and, um, and, and how people may, may choose to get involved and contribute as well, if, uh, if this whole thing sounds like a good idea to you and you want to get stuck in with us. Um, so, Rock, I, you know, I know you're much more familiar than I am with the history behind Project Hope. I don't know whether you, uh, you fancy giving everyone a history lesson of how this whole thing came about. Sure. Um, Project Hope uh, came about, and it's really a, a wonderful story. Um, there are a group of people called the Real Life Superheroes, in case you haven't gathered that by now. We're, we're um, associated with them and, and uh, the media loves to call us in the initiative real life superheroes too. So yeah, we're real life superheroes anyway. Um, but they would uh, get together and do little homeless outreaches in their area and such. And, and, and by outreach, I meant that they would, you know, do the usual um, bringing food, water, and some essentials out to homeless in their area. Uh, one year, 2011, um, seven people got together in San Diego during Comic-Con weekend uh, to visit Comic-Con and to also get together to bring this, the, the first time with a bunch of water and a few snacks out to the tons of people in the San Diego, uh, downtown San Diego area. Um, and the reason they wanted to do that was, number one, you know, if you're going to Comic-Con, which they all were, and dressing as real-life superheroes, they thought we should act like real-life superheroes, too. We should do something for all these, um, all the homeless that were displaced during Comic-Con. They were moved, you know, away from, of course, the downtown area because they didn't want, you know, the convention area. They didn't want people to see homeless people while they were there visiting for, you know, world-famous Comic-Con. So after that first meetup of seven people, Jack Razorhawk Bernade and Mr. Extreme, 
two real-life superheroes um, decided that it was such a fun thing to do and such a, a, a good feel thing to do that they wanted to do it again every year. And so the next year it went from um, seven people to 35 people. And the year after that, it went to 55 people. And every year since then up to this year, which is going to happen again during Comic-Con weekend, um, the numbers have been growing. And and Nightbug and I are proud to be among the um, – there are six people that have gone out to every um, every Project Hope event in San Diego since that first one. And, uh, and we hope to get to the one out in San Diego this year too. So that will be our seventh year of attending Project Hope. Pretty, pretty awesome stuff. So we get together, and um, the way that they get all these items, because Project Hope isn't just, oh, we gave out a few candy bars and a few, you know, um, bottles of water. It's grown to where we serve, um, with the help of other groups like the Legacy Initiative in, in Utah, and that's a huge group of several hundred people. Um, with their help, we serve... Uh, over I think a thousand people every time because the Legacy Initiative has made it a point to drive from Utah to San Diego for every Project Hope outreach event and and make over a thousand burritos, bean and cheese burritos to give out um, that day of Project Hope. Uh, we do that along with hundreds and hundreds of of let's see I'll just name several things on the list because there are at least 20 different things on the list that we gather hundreds of. Um, and it's things like sunscreen, lip balm, deodorant, sleeping bags. Um, sometimes we do blankets, um, definitely water and, and food like granola bars, socks, you know, um, things like that. And, and we get them through donations. We ask our friends, we ask our family, and we, um, we gather them all year long until it's time for Project Hope in July. Um, so that, that turned into another project. What was the second Project Hope? Last year, we decided to do something about it and not just have Project Hope in San Diego. Um, someone from, from, his name is Crusader Prime from Chicago, decided he was going to have one um, in Chicago, and then we in the California Initiative wanted to have one in San Francisco. So last year in 2016 was the first year that Hope expanded to um, other cities besides San Diego. And um, with 2017, we've gone even further. So I think I've explained enough, and I'm going to turn it back to you, Simon, because I'd rather hear your voice than mine, especially since I'm oh, wow. borderlining this cold right now. So <laughs> there you go. That's some pressure. Um, so you know, from what you, from what you were just explaining, one of the things I love when, when you watch the Nation of Heroes documentary that I keep plugging endlessly. Um, when, <laughs> when you watch it, you'll you'll see that the um, the team in the team in San Diego they collect backpacks, and and everything that's given out is is contained is you know self contained in a backpack. The backpack is is just one thing that you give out, maybe with sleeping bags or, or you know additional bottles of water or whatever it is, but it's just a pack that you give to a homeless person that just has a ton of good stuff in it. Like, you know, it's food, it's hygiene products, it's socks, it's clothing, you know, it's, it's stuff that they really need. And, um, 
I, I love the fact that it, it's so well organized that they, you know, even, you know, backpacks aren't cheap. They don't, they don't grow on trees. And, and the fact that there are people donating the backpacks, donating the clothing, donating the, the, the food products, you know, and, and, and businesses locally who are involved as well. It, it's such a, a great, you know, well-oiled machine um, that it, it's just amazing to see it. It's uh, incredible. Um, You've got to come out to one, by the way. We're still trying to drag you out to one because you do travel a lot, you know, all over the place. And you've traveled to California so many times to help us out with our, you know, with, with walks that we've been on for lupus and for other um, events that we have here. But we have to drag you and the family out to Project Hope some year. Oh, It'd be man. fantastic. Yeah, I, I'd love there, actually. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> And, and plus, I mean, San Diego is such a cool place. I, yeah, I, I could happily live in San Diego. <laughs> it's fun. Um, so I guess, as you were saying, so, you know, Project Hope, I'm, I'm going to keep referring to to that Project Hope as the big one, the San Diego one. Um, right. It sounds a little patronizing to our smaller ones because they may have been smaller, but we coordinated them worldwide across nine cities, which I, I think I think is pretty good. Um but uh, so, yeah, I guess, you know, in terms of what does it actually involve, um, if you're listening to this thinking, okay, so you've got, you know, backpacks full of stuff, um, you know, when, when we do these things locally, and, and you know, we, we do a lot of homeless outreach work anyway. This isn't just a one-time-a-year gig. Um, certainly here in New York, the event we had over the weekend was bigger than our normal homeless outreach events that we do normally on a weekly basis anyway. Um, but uh, similar in nature. So what does it involve? It involves collecting stuff that you're going to give out, and, and that stuff is pretty much relevant to each region. You know, at, at the moment in New York, it's seriously cold. So we, you know, we always have a good stockpile of hats and gloves and scarves that we're lucky enough to get from local communities and so on. Um, but there's also, you know, food and so on that, that we gather. Um, and, and as I say, gathering that stuff through through drives, you know, one of the one of the best places that we we constantly get uh, donations from is just a local gym in the town that we live in, um, where every now and again they put a box out for collections for the homeless. And you know, sometimes that box contains clothing, sometimes it's protein bars, sometimes it's just stuff from people's pantries that they're just clearing out. Um, but we give all of it a good home. You know, we can we can always find a use for whatever they put in there. Um, so you know, we're constantly getting these donations in. And then on top of that, if uh, you know, if you've got friends and family who aren't local who want to donate, just members of the community who want to get involved, um, a great way to do that is through Amazon wish lists. And you know, we do things like we can buy 144 toothbrushes to give out for ten dollars on Amazon. So literally, you know, somebody stumps up $10, that's 144 homeless people get a toothbrush. I mean, that's, that, that's crazy. And, you know, think, you, can, you can get like 200 combs for five bucks. So really, the, you know, the scale of investment is nothing compared to the number of people that it helps. Um, so so we, we do that as well. We, we put an Amazon wish list out with the items that we need. And kind people, uh, you know, put up a few dollars here and there to, to try to, to fill in the gaps where we, we don't get donations. Um, so when we have all of that stuff, um, what we did differently this year for Project Hope that we we don't normally do on our on our regular outreach was actually cook stuff, um, and we we've particularly steered clear of actually cooking you know homemade things, and really for two reasons. One is that it, it's just really really hard to get that stuff into Manhattan. Um, you know we we can really only get in via public transport, and trying to get in 
you know, cups of chili or soup or, or whatever it is, is, is just hard because you've got to keep it warm, you've got to keep it upright and, you know, not spill it and crush it and, uh, you know, just wreck the whole thing. Um, but and, and also the second reason is we've just found that homeless people um, trust things that are wrapped, you know, individually wrapped things uh, are the preference um, because otherwise how do you know what's in it, you know? <laughs> Would you really trust getting a, you know, some random sandwich or some random burrito from a stranger and, you know, having absolutely no clue what's inside? Um, maybe if you're starving, maybe not. Um, but yeah, so as I say, so this this time around when we got to, to running Project Hope in New York, we decided we'll take all of the all of the tins of, of supplies that we've got and we'll, we'll cook up burritos. So we literally took like tins of chili, but also tins of vegetable soup. We had things like um, cans of olives and green beans and things that we just mashed up um, and just made just made some awesome burritos. You know, one of the, one of the homeless guys said to us, uh, "These things are the shit. You, you guys should sell this. You should come up with a, for a name for this stuff and sell it." Um, so yeah, you know, random tins of stuff turned into some good burritos. Um, but yeah, you know, that was really it. It was the the hats and gloves and scarves and particularly socks more than anything else socks you can never get enough of um that were just donated by friends and relatives and people in the community it was the the kind of regular um uh, you know individually wrapped food like the granola bars and the protein bars and then the home cooked stuff on top um and as i say getting it into the city keeping it warm was a real challenge and um we we literally ended up with me with a backpack on with, how, I don't even know how many burritos. The thing weighed about 200 pounds, I think. <laughs> I, just, I hated that backpack about an hour into it. Um, but, yeah, literally me walking around like a tortoise with a backpack full of burritos. Just, uh, but, uh, hey, at least my back was warm. Well, there you go. You know, it, and I, I give you credit because, honestly, we have um, a, a, a wagon that we'll pull the the burritos in. Um, and uh, we need it, though. We make, like, a few hundred at a time, so we have to we have to pull, you know, nobody's going to be able to carry all those burritos. Plus, we use warm bricks um, wrapped in foil to, you know, we've heated them in the oven, and then we'll put them in with whatever the, the container is, the thermal container is that we're using for our burritos. So there's no way somebody's going to be able to cont- carry hundreds of burritos with bricks you know, inside. So I'm glad that, that you had, you know, the strength to, to carry a backpack full. That's, that's, uh, that's commendable, brother. I, I give you credit for that. <laughs> you know, I, I was certainly glad. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's funny. In, in New York, um, we, we find the homeless people are mostly centered around mass transit hubs. And, and that, that's primarily because, um, obviously, there are, there's lots of foot traffic there. So if you're, if you're begging, you know, that there are lots of people who, who may give you handouts. Um, and also there are lots of kind of underpasses and overpasses and, and just places to stay dry and out of the rain and the snow and, and stay reasonably warm. So we, you know, we, we came out, we, we always start at Grand Central, which is, you know, our kind of main hub of getting into New York. Um, but this time around, it was weirdly warm. It's suddenly, you know, a randomly warm day. So we figured they, they're going to be a lot of homeless people on the street just because it's warm. Um, we come out of Grand Central and there's just nobody. It's, it's like a ghost town. It was it was almost eerie, and I was uh, starting to be worried that I was going to be walking around a whole day with hundreds of burritos on my back, just, uh, <laughs> oh, no. just finding nobody. 
Um, <laughs> but fortunately, we you know we ended up at Penn Station, and and you know we we were absolutely mobbed. But I, I guess my point that I'm rambling towards is um, burritos were so popular. You know, the first time we've ever done them, but man, you know people were. Uh, you know, we we ran out way faster than we expected we would just because uh, the, you know people just wanted hot food it's it's something good for the soul i think it is it is we were told by uh you know like you said we we you and i both do weekly you know um outreaches because we do when we pick up our needles and then you go out with you know your team and and uh do the the weekly outreaches um to people around your area and when we don't have the warm food there's a difference i mean when you have they love the socks yes and those are the most requested items. Um, but but uh, when you offer them the difference between, you know, here's, here's a granola bar, <clears throat> excuse me, or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, or a hot burrito, they're always, they always take the hot burrito. And, you know, you, you hit on a good point. I know we've got somebody holding on hold right now that, that uh, did take part in, in Project Hope, uh, the initiative-wide Project Hope that we're going to get to in a minute. But I wanted to touch on the, you're right, when people you know, um, you're handing them homemade stuff. They're going, well, okay, are you, do you want to poison me or not? Well, one thing, you know, because they have no way of knowing what's in, in the food that you made. Um, one thing that the we learned from the Legacy Initiative, who were the ones who, who showed us how to do, you know, hundreds of burritos at a time, is that always have your team eating one, you know, so one or two people on your team or whoever's hungry on your team. And, and, You'd be surprised at how many people on the team don't want to eat a burrito because they don't want to take away a meal from someone who's hungry. But we always tell them it's good when you're eating a burrito in front of them because then they see, oh, these are fine. You know, we're eating them too. And then you can tell them this tastes really good too. So here, you know, help yourself. So that's one way to get people to be comfortable with what you're giving them is is to show them that your team's eating them as well. Um, yeah, that's a, that's, but, a good, that's a good tip. Yeah, yeah. And besides that, you'd be surprised. So many people on the team get hungry. You know, sometimes they'll just join you, and and if it's a, a morning uh, or evening, even an evening event, you know, and they, they haven't remembered to eat themselves because they're so focused on the mission, and then they're going, wow, those burritos look really good right now. Oh, my gosh. We tell them, you stop right now, open one up for you, and eat it because you need to eat. We need to, you need to take care of the team, too. You don't want anybody passing out from hunger while you're trying to help feed other people. That would just be too ironic and, and sad. So Yeah, you know you know what though, I'm I I have to say I'm definitely of the camp that to me it seems almost sacrilegious to be eating those burritos. It's it's almost I like know. a guilt that comes along with them. It's like it really absolutely even you know, we had a fifteen year old with us, one of you know, we had a couple of teenagers with us. We always seem to have some kids with us. Uh it's wonderful. Their parents bring them, you know, on these on these bigger outreaches once a month and um, the kids feel guilty. They, oh, I don't want to eat it. And, you know, bless their little generous hearts. They don't want to eat it. And even if they're hungry, I had to tell the, the um, 15-year-old, you know what? You need to eat. Number one, I know you're hungry. You didn't have any breakfast. And number two, you know, like I, I was explaining to him, let them see that you're eating what you're giving out. So they can see not only is it it's safe, but it, it, if you're eating it and it looks good, you know, they're going to want to eat it even more. So, yeah, you guys are so sweet, not wanting to take food away from the homeless. I get it. <laughs> yeah, right. It's okay. Feed yourself. Um, we've got uh, someone holding who, uh, like I said, took part in one of this uh, one of our nine city initiative wide outreach events, and um, 
I, I think we we've had them on the show before. So would, would you mind if we brought them on and uh, oh, let's do it and see how it went for them? Yeah, let's do that. Welcome, Hello. Evo. How are you? Yeah, doing good. How are you guys tonight? Hey. Why does Evo get applause and I get boo? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Stop. <laughs> I give him five bucks for every <laughs> Every single time. You want a good response, Spectre, you better start coughing up the dough. You know yeah. how nice it is. That's I'm putting Andy through college right now. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So well, you want um, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. You 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 took part in um we saw your video. You were out and about out there, out on the streets of Seattle, you know, just taking care yeah. of people. How tell us about that if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was a pretty successful event. Um we had to cover quite a bit of ground, actually. There have been, sadly, a lot of initiatives in Seattle lately about moving uh, homeless encampments and such. And uh, yeah. it's kind of hard to pinpoint them down. It's like, uh, you know, last handout, we'll know a couple really popular areas. We'll go to the next time. If there's anyone, it might be like one or two tents. Um, so um, uh, trying to locate where they're scattered at or, you know, where they're legally allowed to be anymore was you know, a little bit of a challenge. But you know, like any legislation that uh, criminalizes homelessness, it doesn't make homelessness go away. <laughs> it doesn't actually no, fix not the at problem. All. We just have to we just have to spend a little more time and do a little more recon work ahead of time and uh, find where they're find where they're at nowadays. Um, so we helped a couple dozen people. Um, we uh, had a couple uh, a couple good stops. Um, it's probably one of the most uh, friendly handouts I've actually ever taken part in. Um, and I've been doing these for north of four years now. Um, normally, there's almost always some kind of altercation or, you know, some people taking way more than they should or someone who's going to go belligerent or something ends up in a medical call. But, uh, no, everyone, everyone we talked to was very receptive, very happy. They're like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Um, most of our donated items were in the form of uh, warm clothing. Um, we had... Tons of donations, uh, many of which from the California Initiative Group there. Thank you very much. Um, You're welcome. We love you guys. <laughs> yeah, we love you too. Um, yeah, we had lots of uh, lots of other folks. We just put out a general bat signal on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, we got a lot of even first-time donors. I got <laughs> cute little side story. I, got, uh, I was contacted by my old middle and high school grade English teacher. <laughs> what? Um, haven't seen in, you know, north of a decade. And, uh, yeah, we caught up. And it was like, yeah, well, I'm getting older. You know, I kind of want to help the community. And you know, I don't trust a lot of these places. And I'm you know, at a vulnerable age where I don't want to broadcast that I want to help people because before I know it will get wiped out. But, gosh, if you can do it, then, well, I trust you. So I'm like, well, of course. Let's do this. So, yeah. Um, wow. And I, we, we actually drove to her place not too far from where we live in Seattle. And, uh yeah, she donated uh, a ton of scarves and, like, really nice, like, nicer than my own socks. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, all, all sorts of uh, good stuff. So we had a mighty haul. Um, we didn't do any uh, hot foods or, or prepared foods or anything like that. Um, Simon, I feel you there on, uh, you know, being able to transport a lot of that stuff. Um, 
you know, logistically, it's difficult to make, uh, difficult to, to make, difficult to transport, and uh, you know, once you finally get it to where it needs to go, a lot of people <laughs> may have reservations about taking taking stuff from strangers, uh, even if you are hungry. Um, I think probably <laughs> one of the more challenging things we've had, even if we stick to packaged foods, we get like little bag of chips or Cheez-Its or granola bars or things like that. Uh, uh, one time I got a, uh, it was like this pallet of water uh, donated to, um, I think it was last year's hope, and it was 64 uh, bottles of water, I mean, which was awesome, and each one was about a quart, and, you know, four quarts to a gallon, about eight pounds per per gallon, wow. and you start doing math, and you realize, oh, my God, this is ridiculous, I had to get my old army rucksack out of the garage to try to wake this stuff around, and it was, I was just dragging the entire <laughs> And I'm like, you want a water bottle? Here, take six. And pour it all over. Um, but uh, aside from that, no, we, uh, we, it, was, it was really successful. We had several people with us. Um, uh, we had uh, Boomer um, from formerly, like myself, uh, formerly with the RCSM. He's since formed his own RLSH team in Seattle called UCID. Um I can't remember what the acronym stood for. And we have another guy that uh, is coming down from Tacoma, um, probably about 25, 30 miles away from Seattle, drove all the way up to help volunteer. He's very interested in the in the movement and the whole project. So we've we've been directing him to uh, initiative pages, check everyone out. Um, good candidate. I'll uh, PM you guys about him a little later. Might uh, might be might be the kind of folks you're looking for. Nice. Um, yeah, so yeah, we had uh, we had a lot of good interest in uh, yeah people coming out to volunteer and uh, almost like always I know all of you have seen this at some point where you know you you have an event and or you'll make a Facebook public facing page saying hey there's this thing come help come volunteer and you know you get like you know twenty maybes and two or three yeah let's do this and you know a couple knows but you know after the event after it's you know a success and there's been, you know, photo ops and, you know, video made them. People are like, oh, gosh, you, I sure uh, wish I could have been there. I should have gone. Yeah, I was kind of on the fence. Oh, next time, next time. So I keep it a list. <laughs> next, uh, <laughs> next hope, yeah, I'm going to be like, hey, uh, you remember this, uh, boy, you really should have come? Well, here, here you go in advance. Come help us out yep. next time. So People anyways, like the visuals. Was- Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's yeah, we uh, another thing that happens often in the RLSH world. You know, it only counts if it's on Facebook, or only counts if you have you know selfies of it or pictures <laughs> of the event or stuff like that. And it's you know, luckily most of us are are you know far beyond that anymore. We don't you know anyone that does it only for those reasons are here for the wrong reasons. However, gosh, it's nice to have. An extra couple of hands, you know, when you are, you know, lugging bags and bags and bags of, of socks and gloves and hats and scarves and, you know, whatever else you have. Um, uh, Simon also mentioned something about uh, uh, having like a little donation box uh, at a local gym. And uh, about two years ago, I was actually a manager of a gym uh, in Redmond, um, across from Seattle. And uh, Instead of just holding up a little, you know, donate here box, once a month, I would just clean out our lost and found. You know, put everything in the wash, and it would be used clothes and all that stuff, and make sure they're all sanitary. And But if they're in good condition, stuff like that, I would take garbage bags full of, like, really nice 
activewear, hoodies, sweatshirts, shorts, long pants, um, and take them out. And uh, I think uh, perhaps this next year, if I be a little more, uh, I'm a little more proactive on it. I may actually reach out to uh, local gyms and ask them maybe two or three months in advance. Hey, can I uh, can I clean out your lost and found? You know, once every other week or so. And because uh, most of those places, they'll either throw away their clothes or they will, you know, just drop it off at Goodwill or something if they remember. Um, there's a lot of people just, you know, lose shirts and they don't bother picking them up, and it's it's amazing how much stuff gets left behind and ultimately thrown away often. So. You know, a little, uh, little something to consider is uh, reaching out to a lot of community places like that where, you know, uh, swimming pools are another place that uh, has a lot of clothing and stuff like that that ends up either donated or thrown away. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a couple couple other good resources to consider for next time. That, that's a really, really awesome idea. I, I had never even considered that. But, uh, yeah, when you, when you think of the volume, especially, you know, some of these really big gyms, you know, they, they must get through a ton of stuff. That, that's an awesome idea. Oh yeah, that is an excellent idea. We're going to bug our gym. In fact, I'm going to go there tomorrow and talk to them. Thank you. So, oh wow, that's yeah. Never even thought about that. All the stuff that gets left behind over there. Excellent idea. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got to come back to the point you just made about social media as well, because I, I, I feel a, a little bad. On, on the last episode, we were talking to Impact, and I, Impact, we, we were just kind of wrapping up the show, and Impact said, you know, maybe next time we'll have a, an episode about uh, how to interact with people on social media. And I said, I don't. It's easy. <laughs> I just don't interact with people. <laughs> and I, I was being a little flippant and facetious, uh, as is my nature. Um, but, uh, you know, one, one of the high points from this Project Hope was, for me, was uh, I had a friend from the UK who was out in Seattle, and I posted a bunch of photos of the New York event of us doing our thing. And he said, wow, it's so amazing you've done that in New York. Um, really makes me sad that I see so many homeless people are here in Seattle and no one's doing anything about it. And I said, well, hang on there a minute. We, we do have people out there doing, you know, doing something about it. And I, I tagged Temper in the post. And, and you know, it, and, and that sort of thing is amazing to be able to say, actually, we've got a coordinated effort. You know, it's not just a New York thing or a San Francisco thing. We're, we're doing this uh, nationwide and worldwide now. Nice. Right, and we keep looking, you know, uh, we have the nine branches, but we are always looking to expand. So, you said people, you know, social media can only go so far. You know, it's, if you're not friends with someone on Facebook, unless you see a posting or you see, like you said, James, all you get is you get, you know, maybe 20 of this or that. So, I'm finding that hitting up my friends and family is the best way to go. That's where we get all of our, all of our volunteers is friends, family, and coworkers because they know you, and it's it's harder to say no to someone you know, you know, than it is to a stranger. So we have our meetup group, but I'm finding, and that's great. We get a few here and there, you know, that join us, but mostly it's friends and family, you know, get them out there and call in a favor. Or so. <laughs> Yeah, you, right you know, what I've found as well is it, it, it kind of snowballs. Like we, we've had people who have come along, they've never volunteered for anything in their lives before, and they come along to whatever it is we're doing that week, you know, whether it's the, the families thing in New York or a homeless event or, you know, whatever it is. And it, it, they just get the bug, and, and they then, you know, they want to go and do something else. So, you know, we've had people who literally have done one volunteer event with us and then they go and register with a soup kitchen or, you know, with, with uh, like their local church to do volunteering there. And, and 
but through through that volunteering, they then meet more like-minded people, and the whole network grows and becomes stronger, and they kind of get referrals for different for different activities. And uh, you know, it's amazing. People kind of you know, it's very easy to get negative and to see the bad things going on in society, but it, it's really cool to see. Uh, that kind of a virtuous circle where you know people are just doing good things. They meet more people doing good things, and they get involved in in more good things. And and you know you can you can almost feel the world becoming a better place through that. Absolutely, like that. What is that? You know, and it's so corny. It's that where you light that candle, someone else's candle. You know that whole thing. It's true when you see people come out for the first time. They have no idea what to what they're going to see. You know what to expect. And then they they're they're kind of overwhelmed at the end of whatever event, even if it's just a short thing. We see people overwhelmed at just how much. I, I don't think they understood or could even fathom how much they were actually needed that day. Right. You know, just how grateful someone was going to be to get whatever it was that they gave them. So um, I love seeing that. Like you said, that spark. They get bitten by the bug. No, no pun intended, bug. Um, literally that's by the wow <laughs> and then that's it there you know so um i'm thinking that that after hearing both of you i'm going to have to figure out a way for someone to get us uh to fund us our group for those cool cargo wagons you know the kind that fold they fold you know really squishy um they can fold into anybody's trunk and then you open them up and they're they're wagons they're just you know, wagons that can hold a lot, but, uh, you know, they themselves are pretty lightweight, not like the big red plastic or red metal wagons. I think the, the initiative needs a few of those guys, the collapsible folding wagons. Wow, yeah, yeah, really. Um, yeah, those are, those are like a, like 50, 60, 70 bucks each. So I, I'm going to see if we can find some, some wonderful sponsor <laughs> who, you know, who wouldn't mind helping us out with that. Um, so I, I wanted to just come back to the thing we were just talking about with new people and their reactions. So did you guys have any any people on your teams for this Project Hope that have never, ever done anything like this before? You know, it was their complete first time. Yep. Yep, it seems like we always do. We've always got somebody new. I, I, how about you, Evo? Uh, a couple seasoned veterans of mine. Uh, no one completely new to it this year, but, uh, yeah, that was uh, – normally we do have at least one or two other people that were – New to it, yeah. Uh, everyone who participated uh, that night uh, in Seattle uh, had done it in some capacity in years past. Ah, that's right. That's right. Um, especially Boomer. Boomer knows. Boomer's done this for, you know, a while, so um, yeah. I like that guy. <laughs> Lots of fun to be out on a, a patrol with, I'm sure. Um, but uh, how about you, Spectre, when, when – uh, it was it was a smaller team with you this year, but I know that you have um, new people in your weekly ones, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, so everyone yeah. everyone who came to this Project Hope had done it at least once before, although not many mm-hmm. times before. And, you know, there's a very different thing. We, we were kind of joking, actually, as we were, you know, we, we walked nine miles to find homeless people in New York. It was just a hell of a lot of walking and just round and round blocks. And, hey, maybe I just saw something down there. You know, is it just a cardboard box or is there a person in it? And, you know, we'd end up walking another two blocks to go and, to go and investigate. So we, we just walked and walked and walked. And, you know, as you're walking, you, the conversation is what, what keeps you going, keeps you motivated. And uh, we were joking about the fact that, um, 
you know, if, if you go to some cities like San Francisco, you, you can turn up to a location and there's just a ton of homeless people and you'll be absolutely mobbed and get through hundreds of homeless packs, you know, in, in a few minutes. Whereas in New York, we, you know, we end up walking miles and miles to find the same number of people. Um, but one of the people I was with said, uh, yeah, but we don't have the poop. And I uh, <laughs> just say it, but it made me feel grateful for that walking, remembering the smell of some of those uh, those alleyways in San Francisco. Oh yeah, isn't that? It's, it's, and I hate to say it, there are so when you go work to where you know um, there are a great many people. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's just sorry, San Francisco. You need to get people out there more often to pick up the poop because you, you know either that or get. <laughs> oh yeah, or even better, get get these poor people a place to live so that you won't have the poop out on the street. So there you go. There's your solution. <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, Seattle, yeah, you, know, you know, I know that when when I went on a needle pickup, Eva, with you guys, I was blown away by where, um, I don't know if a lot of uh, people without homes still congregate. It was under that big freeway um, structure yeah. that time. Yeah, that was, that amazed me. It blew me away how many, I mean, you could have easily had 70 people under there, you know, at any time along that stretch, unless I'm I'm overthinking how many people I thought I saw. Yeah, um, there was it, – it, it moves around quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Simon mentioned there's an awful lot of people that uh, hang around, uh, like, the transit centers and stuff like that. Not so much here in Seattle. Um, I think especially lately, the past couple of weeks, has been super rainy because Seattle. Um, the <laughs> biggest uh, encampments you'll find are usually going to be just about under any bridge or any covered area. There's uh, buildings with overhangs or – um, you know, any place to kind of get out of the weather, even if even if they have a tent. Um, unfortunately, they uh, they get shuffled around, they get moved and and you know hoiked out of there by the Seattle PD so much and so often that um, uh, many don't really have any kind of permanent encampment or anything like that. Or you know, so it's not for longer than a month or two before it gets cleared out by the by the city again. Um, but there are quite a few places, uh, in fact, just a little bit east of their rock. Uh, where we were. I mean, that highway goes, well, it's, it's I-5. It goes from, uh, you know, Seattle to California. Yeah, um, yeah. So the bridge portion of it, which goes through, you know, miles of downtown Seattle, it stretches for quite some quite some way. And uh, once you get out of the actual city line, there is quite a, quite a bit of greenery and quite a bit of forest out there. There's a really famous place called, just simply called the Jungle in Seattle, which is, Many, many, many square miles of just dirt beaten trails going through trees and underbrush and stuff like that, where there's a huge conglomeration of homeless people. Um, it's often not a very safe place for for people to uh, to go. Uh, but uh, you know, even quite a few homeless people don't like to go in there just because of like it's it's uh, the kind of crime that happens there. You know, it goes wildly un, unreported or underreported and stuff like that. So, um, you know, there, there's standards even amongst the homeless for, for where they will go. So people that, uh, you know, can't make it or, or aren't comfortable or even safe in the jungle, they will go elsewhere. Um, we certainly have a lot more homeless than we do have uh, shelters available um, and things like that, especially in this inclement weather. So that said, yeah, it's – I remember, yeah, when you were up here, we we probably saw – now between um, at least 50 to 60 people 
um, or at least camps for 50 to 60 people. And it just kind of went on and on and on until there was a fence. And, you know, we didn't cross any fences, but, you know, of course there's far more people even beyond, you know, fences that, you know, prefer to be left alone. Um, so they're there, whether we can see them or not. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a big thing. Yeah, we're pulling up the jungle, you know, just uh, Seattle's the jungle um, as we're as you're talking. And wow. Yeah, I saw I see I remember. And um, it, it does look like everybody's set up down there and, and just goes on and on. Wow. What an interesting place. Uh, yeah. Lots of yeah, it's own little, too. Own little galaxy down there. Yeah, no kidding. While you guys are talking about all this, and and because the show is for people who are going, you know, I can't do a thousand burritos like the Legacy Initiative. I can't get two hundred blankets and everything else together. That's not that's not what we're trying to. Um, that's not the message we're trying to give tonight. We're we're trying to to put together something um, for you to take with you when you're done listening to this so that um, if you decide you want to have an outreach, which, you know, I, I think everybody should once a month, honestly, even if it's just going to a homeless camp and chatting and listening to, you know, lending an ear, because oftentimes I know that, that lonely people just want someone to talk to, someone to pay attention to them and treat them like humans. You know, so um, it's not all about how much money you have, how many volunteers, you know, or what you can carry. It's it's uh, it's about the quality of whatever it is you can, you know, give them. Um, and we'll get to – I'm compiling a little list of hints uh, based on what I'm getting from, from everyone right now. And speaking of everyone, um, it seems like we've got another uh, person calling in who took part in our, our – initiative-wide Project Hope Outreach. But, Evo, I don't want you to leave, if, if possible. Besides that, I think when we bring these people on that it will become a little bit of a party with you here on the line also. If you don't mind, we'll just steal you for a few minutes more. Yeah, I can, I can hang. Okay, okay, great. With that, uh, I think we're going to bring on this next number. Hello, hello. You're live on Heroes 101 Radio. I know who this is, but who is this? Do you know who this is? I do know who this is. This voice haunts my dreams at night and scares me, makes me think it's going to give me a Guinness in the middle of the night or something crazy like that. That would be Uncle Ira from the Virginia Initiative. <laughs> Nightbug wakes up in the middle of the night screaming, Ira! Okay, stop. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the show. That's it. That's it. That's. I told you it'd be a party. (laughs) So now I know that um, you know you guys in the east because uh, Eva was talking about Seattle and how it was raining and we had overcast days too. But you guys, uh, Spectre and and the Virginia Initiative over there, you guys have the really super cold weather that you have to contend with. So it's, it's not just, Oh, we got, we, we went out and we, we delivered this stuff. You know, at times it can be, we went out and we literally drove in the snow or walked through the snow to try to find people to, to give these items to. So um, that becomes a whole nother character in itself. So how did your outreach go this, this weekend? Well, it's difficult, okay? See, this is how the, the, the weather here in Virginia goes. I, uh, the other day was a perfect example of weather in Virginia just in general. 
um, early morning. It was uh, it was cold and cloudy and windy. And about an hour after I'd woken up, and my son and I were sitting in the living room watching TV. I look out the window, and it's snowing. There's like snowflakes the size of newspapers. Okay. Oh my God. And so I'm like, oh good, all right. This is this is gonna be this kind of day. That's cool. And later on that day, I was walking outside wearing a T-shirt in the sun. <laughs> so that's, that's not an exaggeration. That's literally how things happen here. But the first day of the outreach, Saturday, was just kind of a wash because it's, it's really difficult to find people out here who don't immediately try to take shelter when the really bad weather comes around. There aren't very many places for them to show up because the areas that we we usually target, um, the the ones that have like the highest you know population of homeless you know people, um, there's there aren't many like rundown buildings or like alleyways that kind of stuff. A lot of these guys they will go and hide like in uh, like abandoned buildings. There's a couple of abandoned buildings that have like the windows boarded up that they'll crawl into which at times can be very terrifying if you don't know they're there. Um, other times wow. you know, they're, they're behind a dumpster or, um, you know, just walking around. There's a lot of old buildings, a lot of old apartment buildings that have um, the laundry room. is like the, the subfloor, like in the basement. And so they'll go into the basement, and a lot of these old basements are actually like old fallout shelters with these huge, like, wow. lead doors. <clears throat> that close off in certain areas, they're super creepy. They're creepy as shit. Um, but these guys will go down there knowing that no one else will, and they'll, you know, set up a little area for themselves and, you know, sleep however long. Um, but, you know, you can't really just, like, walk into someone's, you know, some the, the laundry room of some apartment building going and, you know, handing out clothes and dry goods and stuff like that. It's just not, not cool. Um Saturday, we just kind of figured, all right, you know, we'll we'll see what happens as the day goes on, and the weather just didn't let up. It was just crap. And then Sunday, we went out, and it was sunny. It was still a little chilly, uh, but we figured, you know, screw it. We, you know, got to get out here at some point to see what's up. So we went around to all of our old, you know, like our usual haunts, and uh, we found a couple of guys in downtown uh, who really didn't seem to want to be bothered, but... If you talk to them the right way and kind of, you know, head for in the right direction, they're good. Uh, get out, you know, the hats, the gloves, uh, the scarves. Um, we had some granola bars and uh, a couple of bags of, like, trail mix that we had, yeah, set up, you know, a little later on before we went out. And some toiletries, a lot of uh, hotel-like shampoos, conditioners, bar soaps, that kind of thing. And... Um, I bought a couple of packs of Parliament cigarettes just because I know, like, some of these guys, they, they get I, – I, I would hate to say that, you know, oh, yeah, every time, you know, they come across someone handing out, you know, clothes and stuff, they get tons of scarves and hats and gloves and all that. Like, they you know, they're just swimming in new clothes. But a lot of these guys, what they really want is, you know, like a cigarette or a beer or a cup of coffee or something like that. So I make it a point usually to take a pack of menthols and a pack of non-menthols. And if they're, they happen to be a smoker, just, you know, hey, man, one cigarette, you know, I know it's not the healthiest thing in the world to give to them, but if it can make their day a little bit easier, make their day a little bit brighter, 
and screw it, it's good. Um, we found a few guys, like three or four guys in Ghent, and then there was a group of people out by this place called the Up Center. It's like a rehabilitation slash like uh, midway center for uh, people that are trying to like find jobs. Um, people that just come out of a like, drug rehabilitation program. Um, and there's usually like a congregation of a, anywhere between like five to like 15 people standing outside, whether they're out there, you know, just on their cigarette break or if they're just kind of waiting around for the bus or whatever, I don't know. But, uh, we went out and talked to them for a bit and, you know, gave some of the others stuck out. So we, we didn't really see as many people as we'd hoped to see, but, I guess in a way, too, if you don't see that many people, that's also kind of a good thing. So, we, uh, I think Allison is, I think Allison wants to give her input as well. She's in Utah. Oh, she's, looking, <laughs> she's been looking at me like, you know, are you going to show up now? Are you, are you sure, can, you, can you please stop talking to all of Chris? But, <laughs> yeah, here is just, it's just such a big contrast from where I'm from. Because you remember in downtown LA, it's just like that, you know, you're always going to find like hundreds of people there and they're all going to be willing to take things from you. They're, you know, like it's there, you know where to find them, but out here mm-hmm. it's just like so spread out and so sparse. And a lot of people, um, they, yeah, they just kind of like Jason said, they just don't really want to be bothered. So you have to approach it a totally different way. The cool thing about some of these guys out here is, and I've I've learned this sort of like in a a disappointing way, the good thing about giving out things like, you know, hats and gloves and scarves, soaps, et cetera, um, and a lot of people that do this kind of thing may not realize this, but here especially, um, it holds true that those those items are in in ways, in some cases, like currency. Um, hmm. And no one really thinks of it that way, but you have you have a, a whole city full of, you know, like homeless people in certain areas, right? And, yeah. And so, like, you know, you, you, give, you give a guy, you know, a couple of new, uh, a couple of new hats and a scarf and a pair of gloves and maybe a pack of cigarettes. And while he may not use that himself, he might go, you know, two blocks down to a local union mission or a church or something like that and talk to another guy that he knows over there that's got, you know, a particular brand of cigarettes that he likes or, you know, some, something else that he wants, something else that he can use. And they'll, they'll trade these things off. You know, nothing really ever goes to waste. As, as much as I hate to think that, like, the, the things that we put out there or the things that we, you know, that we, we spend money on, you know, giving these people are just kind of going out for the wrong purpose, they're still getting some use out of it. But I really, really, really want to push the idea to more people of, like, not just going out and handing someone a bag of goods and saying, like, you know, here, have a nice day. Because that's just, like, it's... I've, I've always believed this. I've believed this since day one of the initiative. I've believed this since the Virginia initiative and the California initiative, like, were the first two, like, offshoots of the initiative, okay? Like, there's a lot more to be done than just giving someone something to cover their head or something to fill their stomach 
you're you're only keeping them alive for a little bit longer. That's that's fine and that's good and that's noble and that's you know a very good thing to do. But it's also in some cases a very self-serving uh, act. You know, people go out and they hand out dry goods, they hand out clothes, they hand out food and stuff because it makes them feel good. But it's not about you feeling good. It's about what you can do to make the person you're giving the stuff to feel good. And in many cases, one of the best things you can do is just sit down, and not everyone's going to be receptive to it. Not all these guys, I mean, especially the ones around here, they're not all, like, trying to sit down and have a conversation with you or, you know, bullshit and talk politics with you. They they want, you know, whatever you're going to give them, they want you to leave them alone. But in some cases, there's that guy that's been sitting on a park bench or sleeping under a bridge for however many days, weeks, months, you know, and all he really wants is for someone to, like, talk to him like a normal person, talk to him like a human being. So he's got someone to tell his story to or, you know, even to say, like, how his day went. And I don't think I don't think enough people really do that. Like, there, you have the, the type of people that will talk to these these guys or these women and, you know, ask them, like, you know, is there anything you need? Is there anything, you know, that you feel uh, people like me could be doing better for you, et cetera? But, like, just sit down and, you know, light a cigarette for them and say, hey, man, you know, like, what got you to this point? You know, shoot the shit. And, like, talk real with them. Act, put put yourself on their level and just say, you know, like, talk to me. Let me know what's going on. And that, you know, means the world to most of these guys. And, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of tough sitting next to someone who hasn't showered for, like, a month, two months or whatever and trying to carry on a conversation without thinking, like, man, you really smell. But it's it's a reality you have to face. And it's, it's not theirs to change, you know, so just fuck up and, you know, talk. Let me humanize them. Make them feel like people instead of just homeless people, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, I met this guy hey, in man. New York about a year ago who um, who, who I literally was just laying down on the sidewalk just begging. And, and, I, and I took him some stuff and I sat down and I, and I just had a conversation with him, like you said. And he said to me, you know, he said, for days and days, I felt like I could just literally die here and people wouldn't even notice. It's, it's not that people didn't care. It's that they wouldn't even notice I died. And today is the first day that I actually feel like someone gives a shit. And that, like you say, that that's pretty powerful. Yeah. You know, that's uh, I love what you say there because when we when we speak to our volunteers and we start, um, that's exactly what we tell them. We uh, we got that. You know, that we we heard Travis Heisel of the Legacy Initiative. He gives uh, a nice little talk about safety and about what they're doing. Um, before they go out and they every once a month they pass out it's over 1100 burritos every month and they've got hundreds literally hundreds of volunteers so you need to put them in um, groups and, and have one big talk with them first and and he always emphasizes that these are people out there and that old saying there but for the grace of God go I um, he he makes sure that you understand that you're not really, don't look at it as, as you're above them helping them up. You're you're serving them. You guys should be on the same level. So, um, Ira, Jason, when you say, you know, talk real with them, talk to them on the same level, that's exactly it. And that's why I like the name Project Hope because 
like you said, sometimes it's not, oh, yeah, we gave them all this stuff to wear or all this food to eat. You gave them a, a few minutes of their of your time, whereas no one up to that point, sometimes, you know, looks them in the eye like a human being anymore. So for you to even acknowledge and say, yeah, I see you and, and I actually I care about you. You know, you're another human being, you're a fellow human being, I care about you. That's why I like the name Project Hope, because you're not just out there giving tangible items. You're giving, you know, something that's more important, because if you take away someone's hope, you guys all know, we've all been there. We've all been there. That's the most dangerous thing to lose out there, not the socks, right? You, you know what, as so, well, yeah. I think one, one thing kind of carrying on from that that thought process, and, and this is debatable mm-hmm. and a little... Um, I don't know, a little divisive, but to me, there's something about physical contact as well. And and again, you know, you may not want to be uh, shaking hands or hugging with someone, someone who, you know, hasn't been able to wash for a month and, uh, you know, smells to high heaven. But just, you know, when was the last time someone shook these people's hands or gave them a hug or, you know, even just patted them on the back or something? I mean, it, and, and that physical contact just seems to make all the difference. And, and I know it would to me if I was in their shoes. It does. And you know what? It's, I, I do it all the time. I may do it too much. I hug, I, I shake hands. I'm, you know, I've got, if I'm worried that someone may have something that, you know, I could actually catch through it, I'll, there's hand sanitizer. There's, you know what I mean? So it's, it's I'll do it. It's Hugs are free. And, uh, you know, the, the human body needs a minimum of them a day in order for you to, for your body to perform at its best. If you look it up, it's not a joke. It's not some tree-hugging hippie crap. It's 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 true. You need to touch a, a certain amount of it, and hugs are a huge part of it. So, yeah, I, I give them out. <laughs> I, I don't know that all the guys on our team do. It's you know, but they'll shake hands without without you know hesitating. So you're absolutely right. Touch, human touch, and contact. So, big big component. You know, um, and I want to point out one thing, because like I said, I've been gathering just from what everybody's been saying, in case someone goes, I want to put on, you know, our own Project Hope, but I can't afford this, and I don't have a ton of team members. Well, just from what everyone's been giving us already, to reemphasize, the, the most important thing you can give someone who's without a home is, is um, some compassion, you know, some kindness. So that costs nothing except some of your time. Um, and you don't have to have a ton of items and you don't have to buy a ton of items. You can always ask for donations, you know, like, like, uh, Eva was saying earlier, gyms, gyms are a great place. Now, I'm going to do that tomorrow, uh, to see if you can have their lost and found items. And, you know, if, if you can only afford a case of water, you know, cause I think those are $3 for what, I don't know how many, 30, 30 bottles, then just do a case of water. You know, the thing is getting out there, and, and Jason, you're absolutely right. It is self-serving. It is. There, I, I was reading somewhere that there is no such thing as, as you know, um, giving without, without being a bit selfish yourself. There's no such thing because we, we give because it makes us feel good. So I just, whatever, whatever, you know, as long as your intentions are to, to do something positive, even if you're getting something positive, you know, t- twice as much back, then, yeah, do it. And and I love your your um, idea that you're giving out cigarettes. I think that anybody listening tonight, if you're going to go out and try to do a homeless outreach um, or an outreach of any kind, know your area and know what they, you know, what they're really looking for. Socks are a great thing, but if you can't do that and you've got a pack of smokes, give somebody that cigarette. 
um, I I don't mind giving people a buck or two. People, some somebody said, but you don't know what they'll use it for. I don't care. To echo what Jason said earlier is if 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 buying a bottle of booze helps you to actually get a good night's sleep out there on the concrete, buy your bottle of booze. I'm not going to judge you. Whatever it takes for you to get to to get through another night. So uh, yeah. you know and. And Spectre, I know that can be divisive, too. People don't want to contribute to someone else's bad habit. That's your prerogative. That's your prerogative. This is just my personal stand, and I don't care whatever whatever I can do to help them, you know, one more day. I mean, really. I, uh... oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to really want to go out there and help people, then it shouldn't be conditional. There you go. Yeah, you should like, oh, I'm only going to help you if you choose to make this decision. You know, that's not really for you to say. <laughs> you, gotta, you have to weigh out, like, what's, what's, what weighs more, like, the, the bad situation or the bad habit? Like, being, being homeless, sleeping on a park bench or sleeping under a bridge in clothes that haven't been washed in, like, five years is a way worse situation than smoking is a bad habit. So, you know, just be realistic. Like, don't don't go out there and just, like, get – if it's July, like the middle of July in Norfolk, when the humidity is at, like, 110%, don't give someone, like, a pack of socks and a beanie and a scarf because you look like an asshole. Like, no one <laughs> doesn't look at you like you're, you've got, you know, brain damage. Just give them a cigarette and at least say, you know what, man, like – if you're going to be here for a minute, I'll go down to the nearest Southern Eleven or the nearest McDonald's or the nearest Burger King or the nearest Roots Chris. I'll buy you a steak, a hamburger, a pack of cigarettes, a pot of coffee, whatever. A cold beer. A cold beer. I've, I've <laughs> definitely gone out and bought several chance of, like, the 211, you know, like the high-gravity beer or, like, you know, 40s of OE or Colt and just, you know, took my book bag gone out and met a couple of these guys out at like two or three in the morning. They're like, Hey man, you know, are you, are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you smoke? What's the deal? And I've given out some beer, I've given out some cigarettes. Um, and that may seem, you know, like dirty to other people that, you know, noble themselves by, you know, handing out socks and clothes and things that keep people safe yeah, or whatever. If you think about it, if it's the middle of summer and we're here, and it's hot outside. We're gonna go outside and sometimes have a beer. Right. Put yourself in. If it was, if it was <laughs> one a.m. and it's like a hundred degrees outside, and I wanted to go outside and have a beer, well, I'm not gonna fault the guy that sleeps on a you know bench or behind a dumpster out, you know, in the back of the the, the apartment complex for doing the same thing. Right. So, you know, just be realistic. Don't 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 overdo it. Don't overthink it. Don't think that you have to keep everything, you know, like, quote-unquote, clean and safe. Just don't <laughs> hand out any hypodermic needles or any illicit substances or anything like that. Just, you know, cigarettes and beer at the most. <laughs> and that's it. Hey, everything's <laughs> legal in Seattle, bud. Just saying. <laughs> uh, Evo, you were, you were, I, I think you were going to say something uh, a little bit, oh. a little while ago. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I think that's a wonderful idea. I mean, smokes, you know, a beer, something like that. Um, and something I see quite a bit, even today, in fact, I got into a uh, kind of a flame war online on a stupid Nextdoor app. 
um, with several people <laughs> in the area that are dealing with uh, a, uh, you know, oh, my God, the homeless epidemic. And, uh, you know, so many people <laughs> you know, just say, okay, don't you ever give them money because they're just going to buy booze. I'm like, and? Shit, if you were in their shoes, you'd want to fucking drink too, pardon my language. Um, no. And, you know, I mean, it's, president we do. They all want to fucking drink. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's nothing wrong. Okay, you know, a beer, big big deal. Okay, 50 beers? Okay, yeah, maybe let's talk. But, I mean, I, I think I already just hit the nail on the head there. Was, I mean, it's not just about, okay, you know, giving someone a beer or, you know, hey, it's a cool alternative to, you know, a granola bar or a pair of socks on a hot summer night. Um, it's about making a connection like, hey, man, can I crack one with you? Or, hey, man, can I, you know, I got, I got extra smoke. Let's light up, you know. And uh, it's about making that connection. It is. It really is. And there's nothing wrong with people in this line of, of you know, social work or activism uh, in, in taking something from this for themselves. Um, I think many people will often kind of, you know, claim, you know, altruistic goals in this, but it's, there's nothing wrong with, hey, if you get a little something out of this too, so be it. But if it helps someone else's quality of life or if you get a chance to hear their story or something like that, then, my God, it's still a net benefit to, you know, the community and, and the people you've affected. Um, these stories that I hear are amazing. I love I love hearing people's stories. I love uh, connecting with, with folks, asking them, hey, man, what's what's your story? You know, what, what got you out here or things like that. And the stories you hear are usually the kind that you will never hear anywhere else. Um, I could I could rattle on for hours about things that I've heard here in Seattle in the past couple of weeks, and it's it's amazing when you make that connection. I think that's a lot of what hope is really about. It's not just about tossing socks at people or you know throwing granola bars. It's it's about hey man, what's you know what what are you about or you know what do you like? Um, if I could uh, plug an app um, for a moment, if anyone's ever heard of it, check out the StoryCore app. You can get it on the App Store, Android, iPhone. You know, pick a pick a service. It's a uh, it's a radio show or kind of program rather through NPR that's all about strangers making connections or people interviewing other people. It's an app that you can actually record and interview anyone in the world. You can enjoy what kind of questions you ask and stuff like that. And if it's a cool enough story, you can make it into the Library of Congress. Totally free. Um, you can look it up. Uh, they have a StoryCorps podcast, some of the most interesting stories from the most unlikely people you've ever heard in the world. And uh, I've heard enough stories from, you know, people I've, you know, seen on the street that, uh, you know, I could fuel a career in storytelling. Um, but it all starts with making that connection, be it a pack of smokes, socks, a beer, uh, you know, granola bar, or what have you. But that's, uh, it's a really good thing to, to check it out. StoryCorps app. Okay, I'm going to – yeah, we're online checking it out right now. So that's a great idea. And you're right; those those stories, they bring it back. I keep bringing it back to this. They bring it back to the humanity of people out there. Because the, when when we were out, we were out with uh, someone who was interviewing us, and they and they pointed to um, someone right behind us with someone sleeping in the alleyway that we were you know we were talking in. And uh, he turned and he said, "Is that that's a person sleeping right there?" And, you know, they're covered in a blanket. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He goes, wow, if, if you didn't know, it, it looks, you know, like he's 
this person is just among the garbage. It's just another pile of garbage. And, but it's an actual human being. He said, that's, that's an actual human. And I said, yeah. And he goes, I, I wouldn't even have noticed if I hadn't looked. And I go, most people don't. Um, they're human. And just because, you know, they're, they're, they're not our best friends or, or uh, someone that we would talk to every single day does not mean they're less of, any less of a human. And and I that just drives me crazy that that people like you said about your uh, what is it is a neighborhood app, James that that uh, next door next door yeah, it's next called door. next Where door next door I, okay I joined yesterday and I deleted it about an hour ago it's fucking okay <laughs> there you go well I don't blame yeah. you if they're having an attitude like that it's 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 like Allison was saying it's this this compassion should be given unconditionally. And if you're attaching your own, whatever you're projecting out there, you know, onto it, well, you're, you're not worthy unless you, you, you know, you're doing this or don't, not doing that. Then really don't, don't be out there because unless you're going out there with this heart of, uh, and an intention of just being compassionate and connecting with another human being, don't, don't go out there because they can tell when you're just trying to be, Oh, here, here, I'm throwing a sock at you. And Oh, look at, I did such a good thing. Nah, man, be, you know, be, be human. Um, I don't know. That just it drives me crazy when they think of, of people who use drugs or who did as as these you know that just throwaways, throwaways, society throwaways. That that makes me insane. I'm sorry. I'll stop the rant. But yeah. <laughs> All good. <laughs> so you, you know what? I I, I kind of wanted to to talk about the flip side of that though because you know we we have a few golden rules for anyone who's going out on these these outreach events and and one is is you know as you said treat treat people with respect and dignity and 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 that side of it and i 100% agree with that i think that's that's critical or there's not there's no point even doing it um but the, i i think that the flip side of that is is our other golden rule is no means no and and you know especially when we have new people come into an outreach program and and they really want to help you know they see someone with you know with their socks falling to pieces you know they're in bare feet on the sitting on the sidewalk and they've got a bag full of socks and they they just want to give them this guy some socks and they know he needs it it's clear it's physically obvious <clears throat> but the guy says no and you know there, there's no way back from that <laughs> you know the only the only place you're going to get into is a bad place where you you aggravate someone you know that what whatever re- the reason is they're saying no you know maybe they've they've got too much dignity to accept a handout from a stranger you know maybe they you know maybe they they've got mental problems maybe they're high whatever it is if they've said no you've got to respect that and you've got to walk away immediately and and you know and, and i think uh you know, it, it's almost a symptom of people caring too much and wanting to help too much that uh, they end up getting in a bit too deep. <clears throat> and, you know, similarly, it's, it's the same with conversations. You know, there are some people who love to have a conversation and there are other people who who just scream in your face because, again, you know, it's it, whatever it is, demons in their head, they're drunk, you know, whatever. Um, and, and at that point, there's really nothing you can do other than just walk away. There's no benefit to trying to engage anymore in that situation. Oh, no, not at all. In fact, we tell all our volunteers at the beginning, here's the thing, it's a wonderful thing you're doing, but please don't take it personally if someone doesn't thank you. They didn't ask for this. They didn't ask you to come up and do this. And who knows what's going on in their headspace right now, so do not take it personally if they don't respond well to you. And and Bug's laughing as if he's got a little story about that. Oh, it's just well, a quick story, and she knows that. already what I'm talking about. It's, it's that we... When uh, Old School was still part of the California Initiative, he liked to do uh, home-baked goods 
to pass out to people on the street. And this particular day, I think we had, was it cornbread or something? Oh, my, yeah, it was cornbread. We had this ton of cornbread, and it was so good. Um, and we, we, we gave out a ton of it, but this one woman, she was in a sleeping bag um, under the overpass, the main overpass in and out of San Francisco. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I walk up. And I go, hey, we do. How you doing? Did you want any cornbread? It's this fresh baked cornbread we just made today. And she's like, No, I don't need any more shit. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay, okay, no problem. We'll <laughs> take it easy. Things like, I don't need any more shit. Like she said it. She said it two or three more times. And uh, you, <laughs> you kind of have to compose yourself <laughs> a little bit. And it's I was really trying not to laugh. But, right. Um, <laughs> We still say that to this day. No, oh, yeah, when we, want to, when we want to insult each other, we're like, I don't want your shit. So we, it's yeah. just, it's terrible. To, but you know, you have to laugh because it's, it's, you know, what are you going to do? You, you can't, I've seen, um, we, we've gone out, we've had the privilege of going out with a busload twice of high schoolers. Uh, I have a friend who's a teacher and she, her AV class uh, once a year now because we're, you know, the initiative inspired them. God love them. Bunch of, like 30-something, almost 40 teenagers will go out now in December, and they will go, and they've gathered, they have raised their own money, these little 14, 15-year-olds, and they have gotten enough to, to give out uh, 300 bag lunches. They always shoot for 300, and filled with socks, too, because they like the sock thing, because here in San Francisco, the weather is always sock weather. So, um, but but you got, they're from the valley, from, you know, they, they, they live in a, a nice privileged area, and so some of them, they, they, this is their very first time. So you got to see their faces when something like that happens. They're so put off, you know, and scared. And, and the good thing is, you know, when you tell them it's not you, you know, they do that to everybody. It's okay. Then they're, then they're okay again. They know they didn't screw up somehow, you know. So it's important to tell your volunteers this, that it is not you, you know. It's, it's what's going on with them right now, so. Uh, and, and you know what, family? Uh, yes, initiative family. Uh, I, we are down to four minutes. What the hell? How did that happen? <laughs> she said. <laughs> wow. I told you we'd fill it, didn't I? I knew yes, we wouldn't have That's what she said. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. Oh, she didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was horrible. <laughs> really quick. We're going to put up a list of, of everything. I've been taking notes as everyone's been talking and, and from our wonderful callers, uh, Evo from Seattle and from uh, Jason and Allison from Virginia. And uh, just, you know, the three of us, uh, Spectre, Bug, and I, I've, I've got uh, little notes and um, we'll put them up on our page, on our Heroes 101 Facebook page uh, from tonight. So if you're thinking about it, how do I do this? What do I do? Really, I, you guys said it was on a budget trust me we're giving you a little plan to do this on a budget to do it safely like jason said don't go into any abandoned buildings you know there's a stay away um and uh and and how to do this in a way that that uh, will make you want to keep doing this so uh, not that you have to do it every week you know or every month even but when you want to we've got a way for you to do it so um I want to, you know, I guess it's since we've got three minutes, uh, if anybody's got a, anything, any last uh, thoughts they want to throw out, remember you've got three minutes, so you got to keep it short. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller. 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 We, we need that sound effect. I'm, I think I'm going to have you load that up for next. I'm going to get that. <laughs> uh, 
Well, then, if nobody's got anything else they want to add, because you guys were all pretty very thorough, I want to thank you publicly again, um, because this is our first big, you know, nine nine city-wide. Do you realize how amazing that is, you guys? Nine cities at the same time were doing the same thing. We were we were all thinking about, you know, helping our fellow man. That's Worldwide. me. That's, that's wow. pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you to their, uh, thank you to Evo for getting getting buds out there and getting getting donations and for the awesome idea of where to get get future um, clothing items. That was amazing. Thank you so much. And to uh, Allison and Jason, uh, aka Ira, um, thank you so much for going out there and, and braving your your. All I have to say about the weather back east, your weather, you guys, weather out there is a fickle bitch. Because you just don't know what's going on. So yeah, she is. Um, and thank no you. Idea. Right. And thank you as always to my co-host Specter and my sound guy Nightbug. You guys are awesome. Thank you back. And you know what? If you're listening to this in the archives and maybe thinking, wait a minute, nobody got that sound bite. So uh, I drop us an email. Put something on the Facebook page. Grab it. Be the first person to name that sound bite and where it came from. And we'll, uh, we'll we'll hook you up with something good. Whoa, 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 whoa! I bet you one of our callers knows. Oh, really? So, yeah, I bet you. I, I'm, I'm betting a dollar that one of our callers knows. You want to play it, Doug? Real quick. Right, you guys, name this movie. rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Name that movie. It's Mystery Man. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I knew it. I told you. <laughs> So sorry, I've listeners, you missed the boat. The, 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 the <laughs> most, news you lose. The most <laughs> effed up part about that is I've never actually watched the movie all the way through. Oh, but okay. I, I, yeah, you're fired. I used to work at a video store years there. ago, so I saw like bits and pieces of it. We're coming out there in a few weeks, weeks and uh, we're going to sit yeah. you down and make you watch the damn thing. That's all. There. We'll bring our DVD. That's it. Fantastic. <laughs> Can't wait. Thanks, you guys. Everybody Good. Next week we Warrior Dash. Same bad time, yes. same bad channel. Yes. We love you guys. Everybody have a safe, wonderful week. Woo! Good night. Good night. Thank you. rising vision blurring rage taking over <laughs> <laughs>